G'day, all of you right arm tweakers, left arm seamers, and open faced slappers. Welcome to the Everything Download Cricket Series. We have your regular host, Joey, on the screen. Hello. Good to see you, mate. How are you feeling? Yeah, mate. I'm always good. Uh, and, uh, we also have Luke Yowie, mate. Hello. And you're here <laughs> with me, Reese. This is our cricket series. We'll chat everything cricket, everything in between. Joey, you got a bit of a merch update for us, bud. Mate, I do. What a beautiful intro. I mean, what a cricketer, what a man. Uh, let's jump straight into a bit of rugbyleaguemerch.com. Jump on there, type in the Ruck Infringement Podcast, where you can find all your usual stuff, your shirts, your hoodies, your stubby holders, your mugs, but now also doing bottle openers, pint glasses and coasters, ready for summer, ready for you to get your day drinking on, get around it. 10% of all proceeds go to the Family of League Foundation. That's rugbyleaguemerch.com. Those pint, pint glasses, awesome. Uh, we're going to move into a bit of a Cricket World Cup update. Uh, boys, a lot happening. A lot of uh, upsets and a lot of predictable wins. Who's going to start us off? Uh, well, let's give it to Luke, because Luke is going to give us a big recap of what's been going on. So take it away, Lukey. We're currently in match 24, Australia versus the Netherlands right now, Australia one for 38 after six overs. Uh, Mitch Marsh not doing so well, nine off 15 deliveries. Um, however, we'll just jump into a current ladder standing. Top four, India, South Africa, New Zealand and Australia, uh, followed by Pakistan, Afghanistan, Netherlands, Sri Lanka, England, uh, sitting <laughs> at an abysmal ninth. Uh, sorry, boys, you will not be playing the finals this year. And uh, Bangladesh uh, sitting at 10th. So it's an interesting markup considering uh, Australia were, you know, ninth or something three a week and a half ago, sort of thing. But yeah, that's it for the World Cup. There's some been in, some interesting games. Afghanistan getting it done over Pakistan the other day, only two down. So winning by eight wickets. Uh, Indian, India beating New Zealand. I thought that one would be a tighter game. However, India won by four wickets. South Africa absolutely obliterating England, beating them by 229 runs. The Netherlands beat South Africa on the, 17th, the 17th of October by 38 runs. That was an interesting one. Really good to see as well, but sorry, Joe, I still don't believe they're going <laughs> to... I think your smokey's a bit wrong. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine, though. You know, That's yeah. all right. With the way what South a... Africa are going along, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give them confidence a big boost. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, what do you fellas think of the World Cup? What have, what have you watched so far? Look, first thing I want to say is what is going on with England? I mean, we know this team as, you know, the the strong type of team that we've seen over the past few years. And with the addition of Basball, we've seen them be able to uh, turn scores pretty quickly. But what do you guys think is going on? Like, What is the issue with England at the moment? They're talking too much. Yeah, I've said this all through the Ashes series. They're just they're, they're not they're talking and they're not playing cricket, and they are falling short every time. They just need to yep. shut up and play. That's all. That's all I've got. I just think that they thought they were better than they actually are, and they've come in. And mm. South Africa's rolled them. Uh, Afghanistan did it the other night. They're just not performing. Uh, what did they lose the other day? I'll just double check. It was a lot of wickets for not many runs at all. Yeah, uh, we've seen how good someone like Joss Butler has been over a period of time, especially in the short form of the game. But 
there's just no one that's really seeming to click at the moment. Uh, they lost seven wickets for 84 runs the other day against oh. uh, South Africa, and then they were all out for 170. So, wow. And in 22 overs, all done. That's crazy. But anyway, moving on from England, boys, uh, something I've been impressed with, Australia, the last game, Australia versus Pakistan. Now, the Aussie openers, Warner and Marsh, second highest partnership for Australia mm. in one day. Uh, pretty incredible stuff, boys. I mean, I don't know if you've watched much of this game, but I thought Bison was great, and then Warner just went to another level. Warner, it's the best I've seen him bat probably since the Boxing Day test last year, and then before that for a long time. So what do you guys think? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Joey, you wrapped it up well. It's the best he's played in such a long time. Australia lost their first wicket at 259 runs, so they were just all on top of it. Warner yeah. getting 163 off 124 deliveries with a strike rate of 131.45. Mitchie Marsh, 121 off 108 deliveries with a strike rate of 112.04. Fuck, it's good batting. No yeah. one no one could crack it. Absolutely no, no one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt bad for Mitch Marsh because I thought he was I thought he was on his way to a, you know, Ten and a half sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, yep. he just unfortunately he just got one off there and it caught him. Got caught, but you know, uh, the two openers have really brought back hope for Australia for Australian cricket at the moment. I honestly thought when we were sitting at ninth with you know no no wins from two games, I thought we weren't even going to come close. I mean, you know, a good win and a good run like that that really helps our um our, uh, percentage. Yeah, well, Luke, we spoke about it two weeks ago, mate, you and me, and, and we, we didn't give Australia any hope. I mean, sitting where they mm. were, mm. It, you couldn't imagine that, you know, three games later, they're in the top four. So it's credit to Australia for the effort they've done in those past three games. Uh, also credit to Oliver Cooling, who wrote off Zampa and he's taken two fourths in a row. So <laughs> on your Zamps, on your Zamps, yeah. it's all Oliver there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then you got to look at it. In a game like that, Australia gets scoring 367 runs, but Maxwell, first ball duck. Yeah. Smith, seven off nine. Stoinis, yep. 21. Yeah. Inglis, 13. Labashane, eight. Sort of thing. Cummins, six. Stark, so two. Without the openers, I mean, you're looking at yeah. dismal score. That was... we, were, we were looking at 100. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. So, um, and I, I actually watched this game. I was sitting there watching it and I. Was so pissed with myself because I literally went to the bathroom and then come out. Both Warner and Marsh were on their hundreds because it was literally consecutive balls. Warner yeah, yeah. He went for a hundred, then Marsh did the same thing. I went, "You've got to be joking!" So <laughs> I missed both their hundreds. Um, but I, I was watching the game and I was um when Marsh got out and I was really gutted, and then I was shocked to see that they sent out Maxwell because they like it was the thirty. 30- just the start of the 34th over. Yeah. So 16 overs, I was like, yeah, Maxi could put on a quick 30-40 and he just absolutely scored one. Absolutely mm. ridiculous. Not needed. He still had one or two overs to sort of set himself, but he just, you know, it was absolutely abysmal. And I I think that had Maxi stayed in for a few overs, the rest would not have been such pathetic scores sort of thing. Yeah, well, but, we know what the big yeah. show can do. I mean, Maxwell has proven that time and time again. But I'll give Reese a bit of a go here because I've been uh, taking over a bit. So, Reese, tell us about it. That's all right. Um, well, look, uh, you've just got to – I looked at Pakistan's batting card and I thought it was all around a bit more – it was just better. 
You know, mm. there was there was more consistent scoring across their whole batting card. They actually put a decent score on Australia in the chase. I thought they were going to be a chance because they yeah. were just motoring along fair, like fairly well. And uh, yeah, sadly with the way the middle order went, you've got to look. You know, did did Australia win the match or did Marshall win the match? And uh, yeah. that's what we've got to fix up. We need to we need to make it so it's just everyone's putting in. Yeah, well, yeah. they they came close, man. I mean, they scored over three hundred. They mm. still got over three hundred Pakistan. So, like they they did really well to get within sixty runs of Australia. It's a, it's a massive effort considering how we started. So you are right. I think the scoring was a lot more rounded. I think you know a few forties in there, a few fifties uh, made it a bit better. But boys, I want to jump into the BBL. W. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is I don't know if you guys saw during the week, Brisbane Heat, Grace yes. Harris. Now, <laughs> I love this. This, this is, is the craziest thing that I have ever seen. I mean, I've seen some crazy things, but this is one of the craziest things I've seen. She is there. She's got the mic on. She's calling for a new bat because her handle is broken. She's going, I need a new bat, I need a new bat. Then she went, oh, stuff it, I'll hit it anyway. <laughs> the bowler has bowled the ball. She's gone, crack. The bat has broken, it's come off, and she still hit the ball for six. I mean, is that not masterclass or what? What did you boys think of that? Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, I was um, I was on the road at the time, and uh, I got a got a text from my dad saying, "You've got to check this out. This is this is crazy. <laughs> get, get a replay or something." I thought, "What's going on with this?" And I, I looked at him, and I'm like, "That is just the epitome of the Aussie larrikin. Just yeah, ass stuff, and I'll hit it." Yeah, <laughs> it was just. It was fantastic. The, the bat ended up halfway across the field. Yeah. Went for six. Unbelievable. I just couldn't. It, <laughs> they're right. You can't script this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, especially by Grace there. But I'm gonna draw your attention to the Strikers Melbourne game. Yes. Adelaide Strikers have set a new women's Big Bash record, bowling out Melbourne Storm for 29 runs off 9.3 overs. Wow. Adelaide batted first, ended up three for 177 off 20, setting a very defendable score, but also very competitive score. It would have been a very good game. Melbourne Stars just absolutely folded and all out for... 29, I'll just run you through their scores. Sophia Dunkley got nine. Meg Lanning, one. Alice Capsi, two. Annabelle Sutherland, one. Maya Bouchier, Golden Duck. Nicole Fulton, one. Kim Garth, one. Reese McKenna, one. Sasha Maloney, two. Sophie Day, three. And Millie Illingworth, three not out. Oh, my gosh. It was absolute shocking to see. Yes. Still better than the Thunder last year. He got bowled out for 15, but <laughs> well, let's just see. We've got the strikers have broken a record there and uh are setting themselves up for a very good uh season run. They're currently sitting second on the ladder, two points behind Brisbane Heat. Brisbane's sitting comfortably on top and the strikers sitting just below them. The Thunder, the Renegades, the Scorchers, and the Melbourne Stars all tied points. However, sit differently on the ladder for, for their net run rate. The Sixers haven't won a game, and neither have the Hobart Hurricanes. And, boys, the BBL, we're under 50 days. 
under 50 days to go until yeah. the men's is on, and we cannot wait. Speaking of the BBL, we are doing a Ruck Infringement BBL Supercoach. So if you want to get involved, go to supercoach.com.au, make your team, register, and then the code that you need to put in, and you need to listen very carefully, it's 4329443. And that will get you into the Ruck pod for BBL Supercoach. There is only eight spots left. So the first eight will get in. It will close. And look, there could even be some merch up for grabs for first and second. So definitely get into that, boys. It is going to be amazing. And to all the listeners as well, if you want to jump in, there's the code for you. I'll go for that again. It's 432943. All right, boys, let's jump into a bit of Join the Club. It's been a great segment. We've been doing record breakers this week, wanted to talk about the fastest bowling speeds in Test Match Cricket. Now, I don't know about you boys, but one of my favourite bowlers as an Australian was Brett Lee, and he was quick. I remember watching a Test Match with Brett Lee where he clocked 160. Pretty amazing speeds, but let's go through the fastest boys. I've done the fastest five here, and we can have a bit of a chat. Okay, here we go. And the fastest ball, this is the fastest ball bowled in Test Match ever. And this is actually in the Guinness World of Records, this ball. That's how quick it was. No one's ever bowled faster. Australia's Mitchell Stark gets it. He delivered a ball at 160.4 kilometres an hour during a test match between Australia and New Zealand. That was in 2015 uh, at the Wacker in Perth. Now, that's pretty quick, boys. 160. Stark is only the fourth bowler after Ak. Tar from Pakistan, 2003, Brett Lee and Sean Tate to achieve a bowling speed of 160 kilometres an hour in the history of international cricket. Now, pretty big names there. I mean, we know Sean Tate, the wild thing, and how quick he used to bowl. Brett Lee absolutely steamed in. But Mitchell Stark, to be in the company of those sort of boys is pretty nuts. Uh, what do you boys think? I mean... Have you seen anyone that's come close to that? Is there anyone that you think we've missed? I think they're they're probably the top four there. Uh, Jeff Thompson as well from Australia was fast, 160.6. Who else we got? Mitchell Johnson almost cracked it, 156.8 against England. But yeah, they're just they're just some of the, the fastest bowling in cricket history. So maybe some of these might be just one day as in T20s as well. They're just okay. cricket history. But in okay. when it came to Test match, Mitchell Stark holds it for Australia. 160.4. For Australia. For Australia, yeah. Yeah, because I'm looking at Akhtar. Yeah, who got 161.3. 0.3, yeah. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, it's ridiculous. I'm reading yeah. here that Akhtar, the first bowler to break the 100 mile an hour. Oh, which wow. is Yeah, in international cricket. I don't want to impress me more about uh, Mitchell Stark's ball, the fact that he was able to crack that, or Ross Taylor just defended it like it was nothing. <laughs> I mean, Ross Taylor's been around for a while. He knew exactly what he was doing. But so, Done. All right, cool. Mate, uh, I he, tell you, he goes, goes to the top of his mark, and the rest of the stadium is just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, I, I struggle to face uh, left arm Chinamans, mate. So let alone 160 Ks. That is absolutely motoring. We need to get the bowling machine out, boys, and uh, test 160. But, boys, new segment this week, Nepean News. Now, this is our local cricket segment. We're going to talk a little bit of local cricket. The three of us obviously play together. 
Glenmore Park Redbacks. Uh, big shout out there to the Glenmore Glenmore Park Redbacks. And we play fifth grade now. We've had a, a few good games. We've had one loss, one win, and into our third round. It's a two-dayer, sitting very pretty. We rolled Emu Plains for seventy-seven runs. It was great, great bowling from the from the uh, uh, Glenmore Park boys, and we have counter-strike that with some great batting. We're already seventy runs ahead. Luke Phillips, our very own Luke Phillips, here is fifty-nine not out at the moment. Uh, he is, of course, the skipper as well. So very proud. Brad James making 70 as well. So good to see the boys firing. But, yeah, over the next few weeks, we'll keep you updated on how we're going. I uh, just think it's nice to bring a bit of local cricket into it. You know, boys, it doesn't get much better than watching sport on a Sunday Arvo. However, sometimes you need a snack. And now, with Gibson's country-style jerky, your snack needs are complete. With a wide variety of flavours, including teriyaki, honey soy garlic, mild chilli and pepper steak, Gibson's has all your jerky needs covered. Get your jerky at gibsoncountrystylejerky.com or follow Gibson's Country Style Jerky on Facebook and Instagram. And now, if you use the code PODCAST, you'll get 10% off. Gibson's Country Style Jerky for the snackaholic in you. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Reese for Reese's Rundown. Boys, we've already chatted about the uh, the abysmal sort of performances of England, but I wanted to... I want to re- refer to an article that I read. And actually, I saw a post on Facebook about uh, the central contracts offered to England players that recently just came out. They're actually toying around with a multi-year deal. So a lot of players are signing on for three years, likes of Joe Rudd. I believe Harry Brook was in there as well. And then you get your two-year your two, two tiers and... What, what really surprised me was Ben Stokes only opted for a one-year deal in oh. the contracts. And apparently, according to uh, Rob Key, the reason why they're doing this is to try and allow for uh, players who might want to explore other options going around different T20 leagues around the world. And there's, there's loads now. I just wanted to... I guess what I wanted to put it to you guys was... How do you feel about players who are wanting to, like you've got your Trent Bolt types who are going away from the contracts to prioritise these smaller leagues, T20 leagues, one-day leagues all around the world, rather than uh, do what they should, like go with the countries that they're from? Like, what, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts? Chase the cash or stay home? I think well, I, I get it. Like, I would chase the cash. Uh, I think if the cash is offered, let, let's say it's the IPL, you get offered big money in the IPL, you're probably going to take it. Uh, I, I get playing for your country is massive. I think with some of these players, as they get older, it's probably more of the whole, they don't want to do test match anymore. They can't do the five days. They're, they're, they're ready for shorter form of the game. can be over in two, two and a half hours to four hours. You know, and I, I I think for me, I think that's mostly the reason why they do it. I think they don't want to be, especially as they get older, they don't want to be hanging around much in test match anymore. They just want to get it done. Know, know that they can come in, bowl for four overs in T20s, and they're done for the day. But that's just my take on it. What do you reckon, Luki? Look, you can see it in the NRL. These days, contracts mean nothing. Yeah. No, no, one, no one's signing a contract and sticking to it. it it's very rare that you see a professional sports star 
sign a contract and live up to every single word written in that contract. If they're going to sign a contract with their nation to play for their nation and then want to go and play IPL, big bash, blah, blah, blah. It needs to be written in the contract Mm. as an option, kind of like the player option that we have in the NRL where you sign a contract for three years with a player option for the fourth year. All right. I think it should be that if you've signed a contract with your nation to play for your nation for cricket and you want to go play in the IPL, then Cricket Australia have the right to say to David Warner, no, we have a series on, you're going to be there. Or, yes, we have a series on, but it's playing, you know, a a second-tier sort of team. You can go play in the IPL for now, but at at the click of our fingers, you'll be back here. But it has to be written in the contract. Other than that, there's not much else to say. No, No one's adhering to their contracts these days. They're just... Walking out whenever they feel like it. Yeah, it's a it's a funny one. You, do you guys remember the cold pack deals that cricketers used to sign? It was quite popular with South African cricketers who wanted to explore options in English county cricket with the option to eventually go on to play for England. And then right. when when Brexit happened, that was off the cards. Then all of a sudden, South African cricketers were pretty much forced to revisit their like playing cricket first class cricket in their country and then eventually go back into the test side it was the only way they were going to yeah break back into the test side otherwise it was fascinating but that was pretty much all i wanted to touch on i found it quite interesting that uh we're we're now looking at countries doing multiple year deals when Mm. like like luke just said we're not seeing people adding up to it because then we like we see with trent bolt decides he wants to go and explore other options play T20 leagues and uh, still obviously eligible, but uh, yeah, mm. found it quite hard to crack back into the side after doing something like that. Yeah. Um, I was just yeah. Sort of, I just, I thought it was yeah. interesting. I was just going to add to that as well. I was just, you know, literally just sort of my head instead of offering year contracts, because let's face it, cricket is a very odd sport. Instead of offering year long contracts, offer contracts for tours. Mm, I like it. All right. Okay. So You've got you obviously you've got your squad, right? And like that squad doesn't change like, you know, sort of much. You know, you'll you have your ring in players and you know your players backing up for re, for injuries and stuff like that. But contract your players for the for your tour, and then that's what you you pay them sort of thing. So instead of paying them for a year, because what are you like if the if a tour is like let's say that you play the Ashes and then the next tour for Australian cricket's not for three months. What are you paying them for for three months? Mm, yeah. Just 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 to train. If they want to play cricket, it's their responsibility to train. Don't pay them to train. Yeah. Train so, and run so, waters. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. So, you know, you can kick in your contract, you know, say the month before the tour starts and have that. And then, because obviously they'll do a lot of team training in that month leading up to it. But for that two months where they're, you know, that's their relaxing period or, you know, that's their time off sort of away from the game. Well, what are we paying them for? To do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a great so point. So, yeah. Pay, yeah, pay them by tour. Mm. Contract them by tour. And then that way in that off season, they can then go, oh, I'm going to go play the IPL. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, have that freedom. Yeah, that was that was pretty much all I wanted to touch on. I, I found it to found it to be quite interesting that now we're looking at those lengths of deals. Uh, World Cup's motoring along. It's looking pretty good in the WBBL. So I'm going to leave it there. Back to you, Joey. 
Reese, absolutely beautiful, mate. That is a great chat with uh, some awesome content there. Don't forget to, uh, you know, if you have any questions about that, send them into us and we'll do our best to answer them. But let's jump in to our newest segment. Um, we couldn't get it last week because he wasn't here, but the man himself, Luke, is going to do our new segment, Luke's Legends. This is a hard one, Joe. Well, I'm going to go future legend. All right, this, and I, I think he has, and I'm basing this just on the cricket that he's played in the last 12 months. Yep. Mitchell Marsh. All right. He had a very, he had a shocker. He was dropped. He played Marsh Cup. Ironically, Marsh, Marsh. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he played Marsh Cup, all right, and he proved his spot. In nine times out of ten, if a player is performing that low that they drop, drop from international duty straight down to Marsh Cup, they're not – like, that's that's them done. For him to fight his way back, his first innings for Australia in the Ashes last year and getting a century – or not even last year, this year, sorry – getting a century, coming back to Australia and then going over and playing in, the, in this World Cup and he's just done another century – and a couple of fifties, I think he's got. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it, it's just phenomenal to see that the the caliber of his cricket is still there. Yeah. Um, and so I will throw him out there for a future legend. Definitely, uh, someone that will be spoken about for a while. And if if no one else does, I will. I'll pester everybody. <laughs> but I'll and I'll talk about a, a past legend now. Someone that you know I loved watching play cricket. Yep. And he's an Aussie icon, Binger, Brett Lee. Oh, yes. And I'll throw you back to the BBL final where he was on a hat trick <laughs> to win. Oh, yeah. And uh, Moses Henriques drops the run out. And, oh. that was, and that was the end of uh, Binger's career. Like, hey, to, to walk out of his career knowing that he almost won a big bash by getting two, three, by getting two wickets in a row. Like who can say in their last three balls of cricket, they got two wickets ever. Yeah. yeah that's like, right. Like that's just, he, he was just a phenomenal bowler. Like you said, Joey was up in the hundreds, mm. uh, you know, bowling absolute steam trains coming down to you. You would not want to be standing in front of him. And then when he bowled it, Piers Morgan in the nets at, uh, <laughs> at, at the back of an Ashes. That was a, a funny video as well. So I'll throw it out to you, boys. Brett Lee, what are we thinking? What do we like about him? What do we dislike? Let's go. Mm, mm, well, I'll start. There's nothing to dislike about Bing. Bing Lee Good is, is uh, absolutely phenomenal, mate. Oh, one, one of my all-time greats. But something that amazed me is that he was at the back end of that McGrath-Warn uh combination they they were starting to finish up and lee was starting to come through he was bowling really well but he sort of spearheaded that next line of bowlers your mitchell johnson's your shane watson's and lee spearheaded those boys there was sort of a period of cricket there where once warner mcgrath went it was lee and then whoever else we could fill a spot with and it was just lee on his own he he used to just spearheaded on his own you know he just incredible how he was able to do that. And he stayed pretty pretty healthy for such a long time. Yeah. Didn't have a whole lot of injuries. I mean, they all get stress fractures in the back uh, when you're bowling, you know, that as a quick. But 
yeah, mate, I just amazed at like how he was able to do that. It didn't matter who he had with his bowling cartel. He was still able yeah. to lead and lead well. Looking back at it now and looking where Cricket Australia is now and having Pat Cummins as a, our captain and he's a bowler. Mm. And it's just like you said, War left, McGrath left, it was Lee and anyone who played around him. Yeah. I am not surprised that he did not give get a captaincy role. I knew he would have had like senior leadership, mm. but the title captain leader sort of thing, like I'm actually shocked he is a player that didn't get that recognition sort of thing. He, yeah. Um, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that, you know, being a senior player, anything he said, you know, whoever the captain was at the time would have taken on into consideration very heavily. And, absolutely. You know, and if they disagreed with something, it would have been a very hard decision for them to disagree with him like that. Mm. But yeah, someone like his, uh, someone with his caliber and his, uh, you know, wits of the game, how he wasn't an Australian captain. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have been lost on him. He would have done the job very well. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Reese, what do you think? The epitome of fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, still, we're seeing the effects still coming through the ranks and currently in the Australian team, fast bowlers. It's what uh, I believe Brett Lee is the reason why people are scared to come to Australia <laughs> and just face vicious, fast, just insane balls. <laughs> And he, he was sort of he was sort of the king of the short ball. And we mm. see it a lot in Australian cricket now. That mm. that that's the line we go down in Test match. When nothing's working, Paddy Cummins, Mitchell Stark, they go for the short balls to try and make the batsman play at it. And I think that's something that Lee was so good at, was getting mm. that short ball and making a batsman play. But they they had no choice. It was short enough for them to attack the ball, but it was also the perfect line for them to get out. That's exactly right, Joe. Mm. That short ball, it was a weapon of mass oh, yeah. destruction. We see a lot of, yeah, like you said, we see a lot of that now. So we're, we're still benefiting off the golden era of Australian cricket, I believe. There's a lot of lot of bowlers now who can be just as deadly, but I think, you know, we go back to Brett Lee, there's no one better. No, I, I don't think we'll see any like that. Maybe Lance Morris when he starts to get a run. Apparently, he's uh, he's the next wild thing, so we'll see. But, yeah, I don't think there'll be any close to Brett Lee. Yeah. But other than that, boys, that's that's my Luke's legends. I'll, uh, Love it, mate. I'll uh, come with some stats next week, I think. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, that, is, that is awesome, Lukey. Uh, just to quickly touch on your future legend, Mitch Marsh is a great shout. I think yep. that is... That is really good. The only thing I'm worried about is whether he can hold his test spot. Uh, oh, he will. Yeah, I, I hope he does because the way he batted in that Ashes series, he needs to be there uh, and we know what he can do. But it's such a great redemption story. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, including myself and including most of Australia, were off the Marsh Brothers. We were off the Marsh Brothers for a long time, yeah. a long period of time. Sean would get recalled into the test. We're like, why is Sean in here? Why is this happening again? You know, they'd get out cheaply. But Mitch Marsh has really worked on his game and his bowling's good. His batting is phenomenal and it is just coming full circle. So great shout there, Luke. Great segment. That will keep going. What a time to be alive. All right, boys. <laughs> let's jump into our fifth drop segment now. We do a top five. This week, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. Make it a bit fun for the listeners now. I've gone with our top five fielding positions. Something a little different. You know, a lot of people don't like to be out in the field. Uh, but as cricketers, you do it. It's your job. And 
there are some positions that you love more than others. Luke, do you want to start with for us? Yep, 100%, mate. All right, number one, the best spot on the field, the wicketkeeper. <laughs> yeah, right. very nice. Wicketkeeper myself was probably one of the things that, you know, most got me most interested in cricket, as well as the fact that, you know, Gilly, my idol, love yep. the man. Yeah. But yeah, you're standing there at wicketkeeper, you can see everything. You, uh, the only thing you cannot see is the number that they've thrown down in five legs. Um, you know, a lot, of, and the wicket keeper has got a lot of responsibility. They got to be always on their toes, always moving. So they're always in the game. Every single yep. ball, even if they don't touch the ball, that ball, they're active in the game. All right, they've got to be moving with it so that if the ball does come to them, it's there. So um, I think that is. Other than other than the captain, I think the wicketkeeper is the most important player on the field. So that's my number one. My number two, even though I just spoke mad shit about them, fine leg. I love fine leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because if you're down in fine leg, right, you've obviously got that view as well. But how often do we see the batsman scooping it so far that the fine leg at a, at a – regulation finally is in the catching position if the mm. if the batsman scoop it like if the batsman's going for a leg shot it's going over uh, square or in between square and fine you know it's not it's not going down fine throat at regulation so if you're at fine leg like you don't have to worry about dropping a catch most of the day you do have to worry about the one ball that does come to you yeah, so yeah. i actually don't mind fine leg if someone sent me there <laughs> wouldn't complain um, and it, it can be a very boring spot. However, then you don't have to worry about making too many errors. Yeah, that's right. Number three, gotta love it. Under the lid, silly mid off, silly oh, mid. Oh yes, is anything yes. silly? Absolutely, anything <laughs> is silly in the title because that's exactly what it is. If you're game enough to stand that close to the bat, you're definitely silly, mate. Done it a few times myself. Been hit a few times. It's not that great, but. <laughs> You know, it's a good spot and it's very funny. And if you've got a good team that you're up against and you can have a good chat with that batsman, it's a very entertaining position. You just have to have very secure mitts. Yeah, you've got to be able to get down low and go, go, go. <laughs> Number four, long long on, long off. Yeah, I don't nice. mind that at all. That lovely that lovely scoop. If a bat, the batsman really like has to has to hit it, ever so sweetly to go over you sort of thing. Any sort of mistiming on a, on a long shot sort of thing and it goes up in the air, you're in a good catching position sort of thing. The batsman does, especially like long boundaries down behind the, the bowler there. And then I think this is a common one for everyone. I'm going to say number five, the slips cordon. All, nice. the, all the good chat comes out of the slips cordon. <laughs> all the abuse, all the, the shit talking, all the abuse of your own bowlers just absolutely chuck these bouncing dolly and the batsman's gone, thank you very much. I'll send that over, you know, point and mid-wicket and cover sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a common common sort of favourite spot for Absolutely. most cricketers that yeah. because it you don't have to run very far, you, it's a good catching spot, so you're always sort of in the game. The slips, I think, are just as important as your wicketkeeper, mm. obviously. However, sure. they don't have they don't have the padding and the gloves to, to support them, so they've got to be on their toes 100% of the time. Yep, I think... That's my five wicket keeper, fine leg, anything silly, anything long, <laughs> anything long off and on, and then my slips quartered. Mate, that is a great list. Reese, have you managed five for us, mate? Yeah, so I'll take you through some of the ones I've got. I don't mind uh, mid on, mid off. Mm-hmm. I like to sort of 
based on how I sort of operate as a fielder, I like to sort of duck, dive and weave quickly. So I don't mind being sort of in, like close to the bat and sort of halfway in between like a mid, mid, mid on, mid off to a long off. Yeah. So I like, I like sort of being in that, that uh, we'll call it like the one day sort of circle in the middle. Um, extra cover. I don't mind. That's another, that's another good one. Sort of, you've got the option to go quickly, especially if you're the only one in there. I love the challenge of being the only one in there having to try and stop a single. So I'm ready to go at the moment's notice where it's going this way, that way. (laughs) Done. I just, I love the, the feeling of knowing that it could just come flying at me yeah, or it just come slowly, just scoop it up and uh, chuck it back to the keeper. Backward square leg is another one I don't mind too much because I fielded here for almost an entire season at my last club and I got a lot of the ball. Mm. A lot of batters trying to just sort of steer it around the corner. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, just you get get a lot of action out there and – you have to be just just as quick in a lot of the other positions around the bat. Square leg, I love feeling at square leg. Just um, yeah, <laughs> having a chat to the umpire. Yeah, having having a chat to the umpire, <laughs> just sort of trying to throw him off his game. But uh, apart from that, gotta love the slips. Yeah, I I fielded uh, I fielded in slips pretty much the entire year last year when I was captain, and. Very, uh, very similar to the keeper. You can, you can just see, you can see what's going on. I understand why a lot of uh, captains are either in slips or become keepers themselves, mm. just to have a good view of everything. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, just to give shit, just give shit to your, just your, your own players. <laughs> That's all it is. That's to your thing. own, to your own players. Yeah. Uh, the, the batters they're, they're too they're too focused on batting you know i don't want to throw, throw them off i'll throw them off with the shit chat with my own team but oh, you know, i'm not going to direct anything at them they're like oh uh, what's he going on about what's but he's, he's giving us that yeah don see ya was that five that is five mate that is a beautiful list now i'll give my five uh base my five off the ones that i've been in and i, and I feel that I'm, I'm quite good at number one for me is cover Love being in cover. Uh, I feel that you know when I can get down to the ball, knock it back in. Uh, you got to you got to be quick. You got to have your eyes on, have you have your focus going. But love being in cover. My second one is point. I love point. Uh, just I, I don't know what it is about point. I I've just fielded there a lot. I just really enjoy being at point. Uh, my third one is actually mid on. Love being at mid on. I think as you said before. I just find everything sort of slows down a bit. You're at mid on, you take your time. You're like, okay, ball's coming. I know it's coming. Uh, you know, you're still going to get around. You've got to work if it's if it's hit quite hard. But yeah, really like being at mid on as well. That's probably my number three. Number four for me, I'm not really a slips cordon sort of guy. I'm a bit too tall as well. Uh, I can't get down. Number four for me would probably be gully. Uh, again, in that point region, I really like fielding in that sort of spot. Uh, gully is a great spot if if you manage to get a classic catch. Always good if you can dive, take a one hander in gully. Always looks amazing. Uh, never done it myself, but looks good if you get there. And then number five, I'm also uh, I really like the square leg position. You can chat to the umpire there, but also you just 
you you can sort of see what's going on from a from a batting point of view. And when you're fielding at square leg, you can see a lot of what is happening. And I think it's a really good position to field and to watch the game as well. So they are my five. That is our top five segment for this week. Fifth drop will be back next week and we'll bring another great list of five things that we really enjoy. But let's jump into our next segment, boys. Silly mid on our viewer questions. Didn't have any this week, but we're going to continue a question from Oliver who sent in five last week. We got through three of them. So we're going to do another one this week. I want to do number five because... We've talked about him a little bit so far, and I think it'd be really good to to get out all our takes on this. So uh, just shout out to Oliver Cooling. Thank you for sending these questions in. The question was, Mitch Marsh should not be – well, sorry, this is more a statement. Uh, there's no question marks in this at all. Mitch Marsh should not be opening. Why aren't we taking the time to blood the young talent shining in domestic cricket to give us more options when we lose players like Travis Head? Thoughts? Oh, I mean, right now, mm, I, th- I think – I think Marshes is good right now because, you know, look what he's doing. Yeah. However, I, I, I think it's I think it's a two-sided sort of answer that you can agree and disagree with. You know, I disagree because right now, yes, he should be opening. Yeah. In his time, no, he shouldn't be. And so we should be pumping money into our up-and-coming players sort of thing. They're, but this is that the opportunity for them to come in is they should be in squads. They should be learning and watching Mitch Marsh right now. And then in those in those games in like off seasons, like after the World Cup, that's when we give them a run. Let's yeah. go. Like, yeah. you know, sort of thing. Have a crack. See how you see how you fare out. I don't mind a system where I don't mind a system where like we've got to have consistency sort of thing in the sense that you know, if you want to break the squad, like you've got to, you know, like if you're a batsman, you've got to post four fifties or something in a row, like mm. sort of thing to, mm. to earn that spot sort of thing. Like, you know, I, but at the same time, that's a very hard one because you could just get a cracker of a delivery and get out. Yeah. like something. I think, um, I think a lot of this question is based off one performance. Cause I feel like Mitch Marsh has been pretty consistent. As you said, in the, in the one days in the T twenties and in the test, he, especially in the past, 12 months, he's been extremely consistent. So I think this might be based off one or two performances. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I sh- I sort of agree with should not be opening. Um, I-, I wouldn't mind to see March Marsh down at your uh, five or six come in at that at that end. But in saying that, I really like Travis Head at five. So it's just a matter of like where do you play them? Where- how do you fit them all in? Yeah, I, I agree with, yeah, he probably shouldn't be opening, but... What, what else can we really do at the moment? And the World Cup being such an important important tournament, it's it just has to happen now. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but I, I do agree. He is that sort of player that's the the counterpunch. Come in and just get the quick runs. Try and try and you know either move the match along, win the match, or go out with a bit of dignity. Yeah, you know, we that's what we need our middle order batsmen to be doing to just. Mm. Showing some aggression. Marsh is one of those players. Travis Head's one of those players. I'm sure with, like, we've seen Cameron Green do it, but I think he needs a bit more time. It's just, yeah. it, it's it's a headache at the moment. Yeah, look, the thing that I've really noticed is Green's bowling has been great. And he's he's been that guy that, that gets the wicket when you need it. Whereas I feel like Marsh's batting is better than what Green's is. Green has been getting some little 50s and it's been great to see. But I feel like Marsh has the ability to turn those 50s into centuries. And he's shown that, and he's able to continue. Whereas Green will get a quick fifty, he'll get a nice fifty, gets to about seventy, and then it's out. 
He, mm. he hasn't gone all the way yet. And I think if Green wants to be the all-rounder that we know he can be, he's got to convert those 50s into 100s and he's got to be bowling consistently and getting wickets as well. So it's a great question. Uh, we want to thank Oliver for sending that question in. Of course, he's our number one fan. We love you, Ollie. Thank you so much, mate. Boys, that is Stumps for episode three. Don't forget to follow, like, rate, and share wherever you get your podcasts or on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at the Ruck Infringement Podcast. We are also on X, if you're on X, and we're on Threads as well. So you can find us there if you have either of those. Just want to thank our sponsors, Gibson Country Style Jerky and Pickle Bet for sponsoring everything Down Leg Cricket Series. We really appreciate it. To my co-hosts, Luke and Reese. you guys are amazing. We are the three musketeers, and it is wonderful talking cricket with you boys and spending my Wednesday night. I would not be anywhere else. Uh, quick shout out to rugbyleaguemerch.com. Don't forget, you can go on there, type in the Ruck and Fringer podcast, get around it, try out those bottle openers, your pints, your coasters now, looking good. 10% of all proceeds go to the Family of League Foundation. That's on rugbyleaguemerch.com. I want to thank you, the listener. Thank you so much for staying with us throughout this series and for listening. And don't forget to send your questions in to Silly Mid on when that drops as well on our social media well that's luke that's reese i'm joey don't forget bow middle peg